0: Hey, good people, this is Sharika, E.B., and Sabrina. You're listening to The Kickback. Glad you decided to pull up.
1: What's good, Kickback family? It's your boy, E.B., and today I am here with two of my favorite people. And I know usually I say two of my favorite ladies, but today that's not the case. Um, One of us is not here, and you will see who is not here throughout the episode. Um, But today, we got a special guest, and depending on how you're watching this, whether it be Um, on youtube or on facebook or maybe you're listening and you already see the name because sometimes we put the names of the guests on the title so you probably already know who it is but i'm here with sharika and dr adley charles and um i'm gonna start us off with our tip check and then i'm gonna defer it to sharika and adley and if i had to put a number of where i'm at um We are five months into 2022. Like, time is flying. We're getting ready to – like, by the time you listen to this, we're in June, which means we're halfway through this year, which is crazy, um, especially with all that's going on. But I know last week it was a little somber and sad, especially with all the different shootings that was going on. But I'm a little better, not because stuff, craziness, still not happening, but myself personally, I would say I'm around about an 82, um, getting ready for some – Good times at camp this summer, getting ready for life and what God has in store continued. And I got a song for y'all today. Um, I don't know this song all the way. And no, I'm not (laughs) going to say it for y'all because that's just not me right now. But the song that I have for you guys today is called Kingdom. And it is from Maverick City, Kirk Franklin. And you will hear Kirk Franklin, Naomi Rain, and Chandler Moore. And they kill this song. And I would say, if you are a person who loves music, and we'll be talking about music today, but go check out the video on YouTube as you see these amazing musicians, what looks like inside of a um, prison dormitory singing this with inmates. And just the way that Kurt Franklin commands a choir and the way that Chandler and Naomi leads, worship, and bring people to the throne of God is just amazing. But um, one of the parts, it's, you know, and it's from scripture, right? There is thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. But then there's a part where it says, we'll be singing forever and ever. And how many of you know that God created you to fly? Listen, don't you know that really you're too big for this planet. You were created for something bigger, something greater. And listen, you cannot get distracted by your right now. This is Kurt Franklin. He's just doing his little ad lib and talking. He says, listen, you cannot get distracted by your right now that you forget about your tomorrow. And then Chandler goes on to say, if you ever wondered what heaven looks like, it looks like me and you. And that's my hope each and every day that my interactions with people gives them a glimpse of what heaven will be like. Sharika, how you feeling?
0: I'm feeling good. Um, we just got off a lovely holiday. I hope you guys took your moments of silence to remember those who sacrifice or at least use one of the ways that we gave you to celebrate and honor those. Um, I'm doing, I just, I have no complaints. The Lord has been good. Uh, My temp is um, 85, and I have a song for you as well today. Um, It's a song called, it's an older song, but it's by Jeremy Camp. It's called He Knows. And I just wanted to just let you know the few of the, just the chorus, it says, He Knows, He Knows every hurt and every sting. He has walked the suffering. He Knows, He Knows, let your burdens come undone. Lift your eyes up to the one. Who knows? He knows. And that's my encouragement to you guys out there. Like E.B. said last week, and just life, you know, life be life and, and it be just crazy out here and things are going on, frustrating things, sad things, difficult things. But I just want you to know that the Lord knows and when you're going through your burdens, he has also had his, um, he, knows, he knows what you're going through. He has carried burdens in his physical body and so when you're wanting someone to walk in your suffering the Lord knows and he is right there with you so that's my encouragement for you guys today and so EB and I have a special guest for you today But before we do get into our special guest, we do want to let you know that Sabrina sends her regrets. She misses you guys, but she had a family situation come up. So just keep her in your thoughts. We love her. And she'll be back with us next week, but she couldn't make it today. But we do have a special guest along with us today that we're so excited to have. And that is Adley. Charles or Dr. Adley Charles, as Evie said. So Dr. Charles, before we get into introducing you and all the things, do you have a temp? Do you want to share anything that's going on with you? How How are you doing?
2: Well, it's good, good people. Uh, I do have a temp. Uh, it's been a lot going on in the Charles household and even work, but I would say I'm most out of 85. Um because despite all that's going on, I'm not at the worst. Um, just okay. seeing the news in Haiti and how my country is going through so much, and especially where we, where I grew up, uh, Demadure, like where all the gang violence is happening, and it's just nonsense. And our government's not doing anything. And here I am in a country where I have freedom to do, you know, many things that I was not able to do. So uh, I just, while I'm grateful and thankful, I'm still I'm also hurt because I see my people. couldn't do so many things they're not able to do it uh but that's why i'm at 85 um i'm just pushing on and pressing on um, because god has better things for us so uh it may look bleak now but he has a brighter future and a song for me that's been going on for a while now since uh, i attended youth councils and at camp it's firm foundation Um, it says christ is my firm foundation the rock on which i stand when everything around me is shaking I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus because he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? And the great yes. thing is he won't. So um, that's a song that's very powerful. Uh, and if you have a chance to listen to any Maverick City songs, uh, really, they're the minstrels of this uh, new generation that we have right now who speak truth about our reality right now. Um, but that's where I am. That's my tip. and I'm um, looking forward to having a wonderful conversation.
0: Good. Uh, here's my other confession, y'all. I did. I know at, uh, um, uh, Eb has been trying to put us on Maverick City forever. I have listened to a few songs, so I'm here to say I know a few. I don't know that one that you guys have mentioned, but yeah, I have heard to a it. few. I know I'm so behind. I don't really listen to anything new, but I have heard a few Maverick City songs that I have enjoyed. Our friend Tanya that we bring up on the podcast and um, EB's wife, we were having a meeting. Oh, we were preparing for a, a event and they put, they, I had, I was held hostage by Maverick City. <laughs> they were playing us. So I had nowhere to go. We were prepared for a meeting. So I got a great dose of Maverick City and a lot of good songs I need to revisit so I have I did want to follow up with you guys and let you guys know I have tried some Maverick City um get on it get on it I know well we have Dr. Charles here and that that last name might sound familiar to you guys you might be like Dr. Charles we haven't y'all had a Charles on here before yes we have we have talked about Adley's other half, and she has been a guest on this podcast, so there is a relation with the two different Charles's that we have. That uh, Maggie Charles with Charles Financial Solutions has been on our podcast, and that is Adley's wife. So yes, you are correct. There is a relation there, and now we of course have to have him because just as fabulous as his wife is, he also has great talent, a great ministry. He has. A wealth of knowledge that we also want to hear from. So we're happy to have him on the podcast. Yes, the Charles household has all the things going on. Two wonderful adults leading these two beautiful children. So, Adley, while you're here with us, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Oh, how far do you want to go? I mean, Adley Charles. However much uh... you want to share. <sighs> I'm a product of the Salvation Army. My parents uh, are retired officers currently um, out of the Caribbean territory. They were stationed in Haiti, but I was uh, given birth while they were in Canada uh, as missionaries at one of the uh, corps or churches in Canada, in Montreal. And from there, we went to Haiti and then French Canada and back to Haiti. And then in 95, we came to the United States. So uh, I love the Salvation Army. I love what we do. I love the ministry we have especially for the poor and, and those uh, who are the least of these. Um, and I've, I've grown a passion for youth ministry, through music and the arts, um, although that was not made available for me when I was younger in Haiti because, you know, situation is tough over there. You only have a few instruments you could use. But uh, seeing how vast and open it is here in the States, I'm like, well, why not make this available to kids that ask you that maybe used to be me or look like me and to say, Hey, here's an opportunity, not just for you to learn an instrument, but to also have a relationship with Jesus Christ through, you know, the the songs that we play and and the relationships that we build with these kids. And, you know, we're just planting seeds and, you know, God does the rest. We're just I have to be consistent in what we do and do it faithfully. So that's kind of a, a, a summary of what I do. And that's, that's what I live for. I live for, uh, the ministry of music and the arts and seeing lives change and transform um, through the, the presence of Jesus Christ in people's hearts and lives. So, yeah.
0: So, I have a little follow-up. This is not really one of the questions, but I just want to talk to let the people know. So, you've lived in so many different places. Adley, what are all the different languages that you know? I just think it's <laughs> so fascinating about you.
2: I know four languages that I can speak and write. Uh, so, uh
0: Haitian Creole and write, not just
2: speak, speak and write. But okay, go ahead, sir. Sorry. Haitian Creole, nah. Creole is a hard language to write, so I'm not gonna say I'm the best at it. But if I write it down, people will understand. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, French is another one um, that I've learned, and uh, Spanish. Uh, I I was forced to learn Spanish living in Miami because everybody that you know that was I was working with, they all spoke Spanish. So I'm like, you know what? I might as well learn the, the language, and then English. Uh, is the latest language is the last language that I learned actually all the other three I was already speaking and learning while I was growing up so wow. four languages that's
1: good thank you for that and um, I know you talked about a few of the different places that you've been and some of the stuff that really even just from your intro and of course me being somebody who not only knows you but I would say Um, I would say a byproduct of who you are. Um, But just to get to what we want to talk about with you today and some of the stuff that we have in mind, like when you think about ministry or when you think about discipleship, I guess I'll say, what is discipleship to you and why do you feel like it's important?
2: It's important because that's what Jesus did and that's what he wants us to do. And Jesus not only wanted people's lives to be transformed, but he actually cared about people. He cared, he cared about who they were and what, you know, what they wanted to become. And although he used all the parables that were relevant to, to those folks in the time, he really wanted to know who they were. Because once you know somebody and then they know that you care for them and love them, they'll do almost anything for you. Because they know you're not going to try to do anything that's going to put them in danger. So it's really building real build friendships with people through discipleship. So it's, it's not just saying something but it's living it out in front of them so somebody has a funeral you're not just gonna say my condolences but mm. your behinds you're gonna get up and you're gonna go to the funeral and be there for them
1: mm. if they
2: have a game you go to the game like you're involved in their daily lives jesus was involved in his disciples lives so this discipleship for, for me is living every day with people mm. you know and it's not just people that i know it's people that i don't know and people actually that don't know the bible that don't know christ so that's what that looks like for me
0: So one of the reasons why we wanted to have Adley on here, a lot of his giftings, but is because we want, you know, you to hear from him and hear some of the ways that you can be impacting your community. And so we wanted him to be shine a light on his examples. And one of the ways that Adley does his discipleship is through music. He's a very talented person and he also is a hard worker in, in the music field. So what does music, like what does discipleship look like through music, especially from you, I guess, from your experience?
2: So music is it's an art form. Right. So when when you have young people growing up, especially like when they're younger, uh, they can be very creative. And a lot of times, uh, even in our school system, uh, we see that the arts are being the stuff that's getting cut off. But that's where our our young people and our kids find ways to be creative and find ways to put all that energy that they have and touching their neighbor and doing all that stuff into something they can actually learn, that will not only help them to be creative, but also helps them with uh, discipline. Um, uh, music is a great tool for discipline and teaching um, young people and adults about consistency. Uh, I was always told that, you know, practice makes perfect, but no, it doesn't make perfect. I was correct. It's, it's practice makes permanent. So the more you practice something, the more it's going to become almost second nature to you. But you can never get it, give it up. But yeah, for me, I can pick up my guitar and play. But if I want to be better, I have to practice it. So for music and, and ministry overall, music is a tool we use to attract the kids. Just like, you know, basketball or any, any other thing could be, you know, attractive to kids and bringing them in. But we have to make it fun. Um, I, I remember growing up, music wasn't fun. It felt like it was a chore, and, you know, our teachers were, like, tough. But we have to make it fun because the kids' attention span nowadays, it's, like, less than a minute. If, if you keep rambling, you don't make it fun, you don't make games, and kind of introduce the different concepts, and you can't, like, introduce too many concepts, they're going to have a right in the classroom, and it's over for you. So that's why over 15 years of conservatory will do to you an FMI. But music is a great tool, uh, not only to, to help the kids um, use their creative you know, abilities, because they all are creative, Um, but also it gives them a way to learn about life and discipline. Um, You can always use music as a, almost like a parable for the kids to say, hey, you want to be good as LeBron James as a basketball player, or you want to be as good as Yo-Yo Ma playing his violin? Guess what? You got to practice, and it it doesn't take a lot. It's five minutes a day, Uh, so it teaches them about sacrifice, about discipline, about commitment, which is something that we see a lot of our young people nowadays don't want to be committed to anything, but it's music is a great tool to do that. And again, when we add the the ministry part of it, we have a we have an ultimate goal through music is to teach them about the love of Jesus Christ. Now, that cannot only be done through music; it has to be done through the person also teaching the music. So you have to be an example to those kids as as to why they would want to believe what you're saying, because they not they don't just want to hear. That yeah, I'm a great musician and I could do all these fancy things. But what kind of person are you? Kids always looking at who you are and how what you say and how you live your life, and you back up what you say. Uh, my boys never forget something, so I, I have the perfect example at home that I can practice. When when I say something, I better back it up. Otherwise, I'm gonna hear about it for the rest of my life till they leave my house.
1: <laughs> that you will, especially with your two boys. And I would say yeah. you probably will hear it about it from them. Um, I would probably, well, I would say both of them, but probably Christian more so. Um, yeah. Even after he leaves your house, because <laughs> he just, just doesn't die you don't forget anything um, but one yeah. of the things you talked about especially earlier and even now you talked about like just knowing your people and be- being present and within that same vein of not just being someone who is great as a musician or as an artist but basically making sure that your ways and your words become one um, and I'm not saying this because you're here on this I guess on the zoom call with us it's something that I'll say even when you're not present like when you're not in the same space as me. Like one of the things that I always appreciated about you is that you always took time to know your people and to be present. And I know earlier I said, I'm somewhat of a byproduct of your ministry. And I just remember at times as my brother was going in and out of jail and getting in trouble. And when you would come from Miami at times, Miami to Winter Haven, that's three and a half, four hours. And you would just say, hey, let me stop by the house and just pray. And it wasn't really anything special or grand to it. It wasn't like, hey, let me, make sure you stop getting in trouble. It's like, I don't know all your ins and outs. I don't know all of this situation, but I want to just pray with you because I know this isn't you. And so I always appreciated that from you. But for yourself, when you think about um, your upbringing and you didn't have all the instruments you didn't have the fancy rooms to practice in or rehearse in, um, whether it was in Canada or in Haiti or even in your early years of through late high school, early years of being here in the States, being in Miami, like who are some of your favorite leaders and why?
2: Oh, favorite leaders. Uh, one is Neptune, Pridel Neptune. Uh, that's Benji's uh, um, father who passed away. Um, that guy was so not knowledgeable. And when we came to the United States, he kind of helped our family to you know get some roots in, in the system and knowing what the system was like. But he, he loved music, and he was so patient in teaching us music. And a lot of people don't know that. I really took music seriously when I came here to the States. Although I learned it in Haiti, but I I, I really didn't have a passion for it. But uh, to the the tutelage of Neptune, uh, which is one of those people who was really patient and always willing to sit and not just talk about music. He was willing to talk about life and even use his own life as as an example, being willing to be transparent um, with me and and my brothers. Uh, And that's something I really appreciated in him. But, you know, his character was who he was. Like there there was no one person in church and one person outside. Mm. And the weird thing is people would call him crazy. But he was not crazy. He he just had a lot of knowledge. And, yeah, he he loved to talk. But this guy loved people so much that he would do Like he would come to your practices. He would come to your rehearsals. He would go to the kids' events. And he had his own kids. He would do the same. So that was kind of an example to me. And then I would say... Another big influence in my life is my brother, Ludas, who, I mean, when it comes to music, he, he, I mean, sky's the limit for him. But also he's very knowledgeable about all types of things. Like he's a renaissance man. He he likes to learn about different things because he wants people to know what the truth is because he knows how crooked the system is, uh, especially in the music business. And he, he really wants to, you know, put in knowledge into people and take, like he's done so many things for so many people with never like those people even give him anything back. Not that he's looking for something to be given back to him, but he just does it out of the love of his heart. So these are like two influential people uh, in my life. And I'll say one more person, um, Mozart's dad, uh, my uncle, who's a huge pioneer of Salvation Army in in the Caribbean. He sent so many uh, soldiers to officership. I remember growing up in in Port-au-Prince in the main Central Corps. This guy would write his own music. And then he would have a 40-day revival where he, had, he wrote his own theme and everything, lyrics were on point. He had all his melodies. And then he would call us, like, okay, I need y'all to learn the music because they're gonna be my musicians. So at a very early age, like he he entrusted us with something so so special because it's you know, he he had vision and he had inspiration to write the songs. And here we were like 12, 13 year olds. In a, in a court, I had grown-ups who already know how to play music, but he's like, no, nah, I don't want the grown-ups. I, don't, I need y'all to play. To the point that if we were in the revival and there were grown-ups saying, like, I need y'all to get up, let the kids play. Like, right. he would say, y'all need to get up, let the kids play. So he was very influential. Even t- t- till this day, he's very influential. And and, and just when I remember uh, just his teachings and how he's, he's very, uh, I don't know what the word is, man, but he he keeps it real, like 100 uh, and I didn't know what 100 was back then, but looking back, I'm like, he he kept it real. And again, he's the type of person who cares about people. And just having graduated from Liberty, you know, the sign we saw outside, love God, love people, that's all he's about, man. It's not about how much knowledge he has or whatever. It's loving God, loving people and using the gifts that we have to drive closer to him. That's, that's what I love about all three of these people. Wow. Thank you for that.
0: So you share that when you got into music when you were younger, but you didn't really take it serious until later on. So when did you realize or what was it that made you realize that music was a part of like your calling?
2: I still remember the first time I played an E minor chord. I was in Funda in Haiti. and My dad had this old, old classical guitar. I'm like, and at the time I wasn't trying to play nothing. I was, I don't know, seven, eight years old. I just, you know, I was like Chris. I was Chris back then. Like the Christian I have today in my house, that was me just wanting to play outside, play soccer or just go ride a bike, whatever. But I remember I I played that one, I'm like, mm, this is interesting, I would like to learn more. But I grew up in a household where both of my brothers were excellent musicians from the very time from the time they were young. But the only thing in Haiti is you have to be a certain age to be able to play in like the, either, even the junior band or the core band. And to a point that you have to be a senior soldier I left Haiti as a junior soldier, so I never really had a chance to get a chance to learn as much as they did. Uh, but I think it was all God's plan because once I came to the states and I saw, and I always tell people, music is the only thing I'm good at, and I, I mean that because I wanted to be an architect, and now, so I'm in math classes. At this ain't for me, bro. I can't, <laughs> I can't compute all that stuff. But music is something that anytime I would touch an instrument, I could learn it without having to to be taught. And I think that was that's a that's a talent that the Lord has given me. And I've I've had to put in the time. I mean, I went to school and I did do recitals and all that good stuff. Uh, but I think that's how I fell in love with it because I saw that this this is the one thing I, I can really do well. And I just went for it. Like, you know, if you know Haitian parents, they're like, oh, We need you to be a doctor or a lawyer or I don't know what else. you knows what I'm talking about. I'm gonna say Architect, parents,
1: engineer, engineer, yeah, architect, told, a nurse. It got to be something in that realm. I told him, I want to be a musician.
2: <laughs> They're like, how are you going to feed your family? I said, I don't know, but this is what I love to do. So God will take care of the rest. And he has, I mean, uh, so many doors have been opened to me because of the ministry of music and, and the willingness to be able to, to be used. So uh, I'm grateful for, for all I've done so far. And not, it's not because of me. It's again, it's God using me, and I'm just I'm always willing to learn, and I can learn from the the youngest. Every every conservatory, I learn from a kid, just seeing how they how they take their time to to learn their instrument or learn their art form, and it's it's always refreshing to see how God can use younger kids to learn the same thing that I've learned, and to even make them even better than me. Like you have five, six year olds playing drums, playing bass. I'm like what in the world? Where, where are these kids? These kids are aliens. Like, well, how do they play so well? <laughs> when do they have time to practice? But, you know, it's it's just God-given talents and I pray that those parents will put those kids to get their talents to get used and not trying to use them as a bank account and try to make money off of them.
0: And you Definitely. are a doctor. So, look, it worked
2: out. It did. And I, I always tell my kids, I'm like, you know, that's the only reason why I really wanted to go to my uh, my graduation and, and, and walk I told him ever since I came to the United States in 1995 until the year 2020 your daddy has been in school 24/7 because I didn't I didn't want me being an immigrant to be an excuse mm. God has given me a brain he's given me an opportunity and I'm gonna make use of this opportunity to be the very best that I can be to attain as much as I can. not so I can just make money and take care of my family. But because I want to know the very best that I can know so I can be the yeah. best at the ministry that I'm doing. Yeah. So for me, when when God elevates you, he doesn't elevate you so you can lord it over people. He elevates you so you can become a better servant. So all the knowledge that I've gained is not for me. It's for me to be able to give it back now and to train people at the same level that I was trained um, so they can, they can do
1: that and better. Uh, Definitely, definitely that and better will do. And I think your kids, um, not only your kids, I think people just being able to watch what you've been able to accomplish from afar is naturally uh, inspiration and motivating and inspiring to them to say, wow, like not saying, oh, Adley did it so I can do it too. But Adley did it on top of being a being a being a husband, being a father, being a leader, being somebody who influences not only his own small tribe of his community, but also the greater good of his church and the organization that he has the privilege of being a part of. And I know that there are countless people, as you mentioned, like, you know, because I know some of our listeners are not all into the what the Salvation Army is. And I know sometimes they hear some of the stuff that we say. So like that little bit of that Florida music or FMI, that's like an institute where all of our T- kids and teens basically 17 and under come together in the state of florida in the salvation army musicians and our art, um, young artists who come and learn for a week at our camp right outside of gainesville but you also have the opportunity just about every year at least for as long as i've known you go to territorial music institute um and this year you guys are having it again in texas where you get to connect with some of the people who in the best way they want to see themselves in your spot. And I won't say specifically your spot in Florida, but being a director of music for the Salvation Army in some way, shape or form, whether that's for a local unit or for a statewide um, within a division or a a region. So Adley, when you're dealing with young people or you're dealing with young leaders or even leaders that we know right now in present, I guess in, in leadership roles today, what's something you would want to say to a leader who leads a music and arts group?
2: I would say, don't compare yourself to your predecessor or somebody else. Uh, God has given you a gift and a vision, and I pray that if you're a leader, that you you have a vision that God has given you and to how He wants you to lead whatever ministry you're part of. Um, and I'm not saying get get into a ministry and change everything on the first time, but Trust what he's given you inside of you, and through time and through you know wise decisions, start to implement it. Um, The vision that I have that I'm implementing right now was given to me way before I became a divisional music director or a state director for the Florida Music and Arts in in Florida. Uh, It's it was given to me even while I was in Miami. It was a small step of starting a music program in Miami. And again, I knew that I wasn't going to be the best at it in Miami, but God told me you need to start this in all four cores. And Major Tom Overton gave me the opportunity after I, I graduated from uh, Palm Beach Atlantic University with my bachelor's in music. is said, "Adley, I want you to have music programs in four, all four cores, or four churches in the Miami area." And that's what I did to the best of my ability. And then, when my time was up after seven years, which is you know seven years perfection, uh, but I guess in my in my in my case, it meant I got to the to the epitome of what I could have done in my ability. And then somebody that came after me has an even greater. And I'm so happy because it's not about me starting it. It's about God, me being obedient to what God has told me to do and the vision that he gave me. And the Miami, Miami Music Program is one of the best programs I have in the Salvation Army. I'm not going to say only in Florida, but almost in all 16 southern states. It's a really great program that only, not only teaches kids, about music and the arts, but we've seen so many of those kids become influential people in society. Some are professional musicians. Some have become lawyers. Some are doctors. Some are already in the armed forces. Um, so it's it's impacting more than just their communities. It's, in, it's in, impacting our society. So if if you're a music uh, a music and arts leader in, in a place, trust the vision that God has given you, and also surround yourself with people that will continue to pour into you and give you godly wisdom. Um, Don't just listen to anybody that's trying to make you compete. We're not here to compete. We're here to continue to plant seeds so that God's kingdom can continue to bear fruits even after we're gone. And also, one big thing, don't keep this position to yourself forever. I don't want to be the divisional music director for the rest of my life. Make sure you have somebody that you're pouring into that you could see taking your position. Have somebody that can come after you to be able to do the same thing that you do and even better. That's the two advice I would give to anyone in music and arts leadership.
0: That, thank you for that. Yes, thank you for that. And that actually sort of leads into the next question. Like you, part of what you said you want to uh, like point into the next generation, but what other ways do you want to impact those that you minister to? Like, what is what, like, if you could leave anything with the people that you minister to, whether that's the leaders you lead, whether that's the children you teach, you know, what is your, what is your why? What is your main goal? And what is it that you want to leave with those that you touch that come into your life
2: Everybody's is made in the image of God. So if, if anyone comes to you, at least give them the benefit of the doubt that they can become somebody greater than you. And it doesn't matter what field it is, whether it's music and arts, uh, whether it's in the, the business world, whatever it is, be, be a conduit to somebody's blessing. God blesses me so I can be a blessing to somebody else. He doesn't bless me so I can just keep it to myself. Otherwise, it's not called a blessing. Um, so... I I just want to be a conduit of God's blessing. I want to be uh, a sower. I want to sow seeds. And I remember in, in the New Testament, you know, uh, the disciples were trying to say, you know, like uh, in in the passage, like who who's gonna sow the most seed or like who who's gonna have the most fruits. I guess I would say in, in a way um, in, in that in that portion of scripture, but it said in that portion of scripture that what's more important is that you just plant the seed and then God will take care of the rest. So we, we need to be obedient uh, in whatever field we are to, to let God use us. And again, the using us. Well, there'll be obstacles. There'll be those within our own organization that will come against us. That will not believe in what, you know, the Lord has given us, but remain faithful because we have a firm foundation in Christ. And if he's given you something, is going to see to completion so uh the the legacy i want to leave is to to love love people and, and love god honestly that's i think that's my new motto now mm-hmm. uh, to just continue to love god consistently and to love people consistently uh because we can be so inconsistent in, in life whether it be in our devotional life or in the way we do our work or whatever it is but as much as we can through god's holy spirit's help let's be consistent in loving him daily and then as a result we won't have a choice but to love others because god is love
1: mm, that first john 4 yeah. 7 8 right there boy god is love y'all yeah, better y'all yeah, better dive into that scripture so i okay. mean I know you said that might be your new model, but i remember something from like literally the peak of covid um as we were having some of these young adult bible studies and i told you just about every time I get a chance to speak, I have an opportunity to say it. But I remember you saying on that Bible study that your vertical relationship with God to naturally impact your horizontal relationship mm-hmm. with others. And once you said that, that just became something that literally pierced into me. And it wasn't like, it was like this new thing and not know this to you coming up with that quote, but it was just like, that's scripture, right? Jesus tell mm-hmm. like, when they tried to trick him and try to ask him like, which one is more important. Right. And that's the same thing I think we'll say. And I think you would agree for all musician and artists, like, does it no matter how great you can sing, how great you can play, how great you can move? Like, are you loving God? And are you loving other people? Like your talents all your practice, that becoming, that practice permeating permanence, that's great. But if you're a terrible person and you don't have the love of God in you and that talent, it means nothing. Like it's a lot of, I guess you could say people who are very talented, who don't know, or who don't have the love of God in them. And then that's, I guess that's more heartbreaking and something that you said earlier that, you know, continues to, I guess, resonate as we're having this conversation. Um, And it's something that I'll share as well to any person, not even just music, musicians and young artists, but every person like, what are you plant? Where are you planting your seeds?
2: Hmm. Right.
1: And I know sometimes we're planting seeds and like, I want to be the richest person. I want to have the biggest house and I want to have the best car and I want to have this. and I want to, and I'm not saying good, bad, or indifferent, right, wrong, or two thumbs up, two thumbs down, however you want to work But like, what is the goal of that? Is it to mm. honor yourself or is it to honor God in those moments? And I think if it's to um, honor God and if it's loving God and loving people, I think you'll naturally begin to just draw closer to him and people, you know, people who you're empowering or who people you're around, they will sense that in you. So thank you for your words of wisdom um, that are just so impactful. And I think you know those that are listening and those that are watching will be able to resonate with a lot that you have already already said.
0: One yeah. of the themes that I definitely have been hearing a lot lately um, in society, as we have experienced COVID or whatever, and death has always been around this. But I think a lot lately, people have been saying, "Give people their flowers while they can appreciate them," and so. Adley, we just want to thank you so much for all that you do. And as EB shared his experiences with you, you know, I just want to commit, you know, commend you to the people like get you a person like Adley in your life. Adley is one of those people that will show up for you. He didn't drove all the way to Virginia for my wedding. When I got married from Florida, he drove all, the, drove all the way to be there to support my husband and I, and we knew each other, but we weren't even that close, that close as we are, I think now. So just that type of person that's going to show, he said, I said, well, you you know, I want to invite you, but you don't have to go. He said, if you're inviting me, I'm going to come. And that is that person. Adley is that person. If you invite him, he's going to come. He tries to be there for people whenever he can. He will extend himself as much as he can because he really believes what he says and he believes that the Lord has blessed him to be a blessing and he definitely is a blessing. So I do want to say that I do have two more quick things before we wrap up this time. I always got an extra question or two. I just because I'm interested and in, I've known you for a while, but I don't even know if I know all this, uh, know this answer. So Adley, what are the different instruments that you play?
1: And don't play say one and don't say one. one. <laughs> no, no, don't say one. I know that answer. Nope. I don't uh, heard it too many times. I play one instrument really well. And but that's, that's not all
0: time. that you can play.
2: It's not all that I can play, but if, if you were to ask any professional, what's one, what's your main instrument? Mm-hmm. I would say for me it's guitar uh, or anything with strings. Okay. If it has a string, I'll find a way to play it. Oh, so you can okay. play a violin? If it has a string, I'll find a way to play it. <laughs> 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 And again, all these different, you know, uh, musical uh, family classes like, you know, woodwinds and all that stuff, they all have their own technique that you have to learn. And once you learn that, then you have to, you know,
1: practice okay. it to so mm-hmm. be better at mm-hmm.
2: it. But... Being an established army, I also know how to play brass instruments, uh, and I can play most of them except cornet. I'm a terrible cornet player. Uh, don't ask me to play first or even second cornet. Give me third cornet, and we'll be alright. Give me all the low C's, all the low notes. I'll be good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if 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 it's an instrument that's needed in in ministry, I can play the basics of it, and I can teach the basics of it. Now, again, what we've done in Salvation Army, we do teach basics. Even in, in at camp or conservatory, we teach you the basic ways of learning and how to be better artists uh, in whatever field you want. Sky is the limit to how far you want to take it, mm-hmm. how far you're motivated, how, how much um, family influence you have, people pushing you. And it's always, it's always great to have people in your own household pushing you to be better uh, rather than just the, the annoying local officer at, at the course telling you you could be good. And I'm not saying annoying like like it's a real thing, but uh, people can be whatever they want to be, especially in the United States. Mm-hmm. And again, you don't, people don't know how blessed they are on, until you've lived somewhere where you don't have those opportunities that you have here. Like me coming from Haiti and not having opportunities, I could finish school in Haiti and not find a job and have to find, you know, I have to find a way to survive and the majority of the time, most of the young people find you know the drug trade or the, all the illegal stuff to be able to make money but to live in the United States where you have all the opportunities in the world like there's no excuse me me even being black is no excuse you know about racism and all that stuff going on right now no I, you, you can still make it mm. some of our forefathers made it some of our people that fought in Haiti and housed all the uh, all the conquerors that came to their country they made it
1: Mm. Conquerors, colonizers, call them what they are. <laughs> colonizers,
2: conquerors. They conquered
1: for a little bit, but then they got defeated.
2: So, and again, it's it's not just willpower, but the the desire to wanna do more than just the basic. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everybody has a drive in them to wanna be something or somebody, uh, whether it's someone that they've seen, or that's in their own family, or somebody that they you know appreciate that they see on TV or whatnot. But you know, we we have to be influencers uh, and and help those people achieve their best. But at the at the very best of our time, to show them that their very best is not for the world, but it's for Christ. So if we can bridge that gap to show them that their are being here as a worshiper is for Christ and not for themselves, that's what the difference is.
1: Amen.
0: So. I know you have left us with a lot of different gems and a lot of things that as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, this is things that stirs in me that like, I need to get on this and I need to work at this in my own life. So thank you for sharing that. So lastly, I always like to let the, we always come with our questions, but I always like to end with the guests sharing anything that they want to share, whether it's on topic, something we didn't talk about or something you like, you know what? They didn't ask me about this, but I want to share this little bit of information with the people. So is there anything that you just want to get off your heart and mind tonight?
2: If you claim to be a, a believer, a Christian, show love and grace. It makes a difference. Um, we, we have the, the Holy Spirit in our hearts that helps us to uh, make those wise decisions when the enemy attacks us. You have to realize not everybody has the same Holy Spirit w- working within them. They have spirits, mm. evil spirits, but the Holy Spirit can vanquish all of those. So wherever you're you're interacting with, whether it's on social media or in person, I remember that you're representative of Jesus Christ and that what we do matters. Mm. How we speak, how we respond, how we react, it all matters. So... Just take the time to love people where they are and as they are and give them the benefit of the doubt. Show them grace. The same way we've been shown grace and love. And then that'll be a start to our world becoming a better place.
0: Amen.
1: Amen. For real. That's all I got. (laughs) Well,
0: thank you so much for sharing just a wealth of knowledge and most importantly sharing your heart for not only People, but your heart for the Lord and how your heart for God does impact the people you surround. So, thank you so much for your time with us today. It's not quite over yet, but just as, as a midway point, I just want to thank you for your time, Adley. And EB, My pleasure. what do you, <laughs> what will you be expounding upon?
1: Yeah, so some of what Dr. Adley um, talked about was us as individuals, um, as, of course, um, as believers, to making sure that. Our witness, online or offline, is consistent. Um, so something that I'm going to expound on is, how I would think, I know at least the three of us on this Zoom call agree, and I know Sabrina does, if she was here, the four of us would say that there are a desperate, there's a desperate need for some form of mentorship and love and grace when it comes to teams that we all have to deal with. Whether it be the ones that we have to deal with day in and day out as who we minister to or people who we get to see out in um, about. I know lately, one of the things that have been taking up a lot of attention through social media is what we've been seeing around the world or mainly around this nation, um, I would say in this nation is just these mass shootings. Just over Memorial Day weekend, there have been 14 mass shootings. Now, Gun Violence Archive consider a mass shootings where at least four or more people have been shot or killed. Over the weekend, right? You're talking about Memorial Day weekend from 5 p.m. Friday. Boom. Most people get not off work till Monday morning, Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And in that span, 156 people died to gun violence. 412 were either shot or got grazed by a bullet. And those things range from. uh, Charleston, South Carolina, Philadelphia, um, Richmond, um, Chattanooga, Atlanta. We can keep going on and on as far as cities and places. And I know we, as a world, um, continue to debate or argue what should happen or what shouldn't happen. And one of the things and I'm not saying where people should align politically, um, whether you lean left or right or don't lean in any direction. But one of the things I find myself looking at, especially when it comes to especially these, I guess, assault weapons or these ARs is when the Constitution was written, these guns were not present. Mm. I also would think that those, I guess, founding fathers who seem at the time to have way more intellectual abilities than I do, because I just can't even fathom moving from one place to another, whether you say stealing land or not, or conquering land or not, or colonizing land. But I can't fathom myself going to somewhere and saying, hey, we're going to draft up our own laws. So they had enough sense to come together and to do all of that. I don't know if they would be in support of what we see today when it comes to the right to bear arms. Like I think it might be some form of restrictions. Now, granted, I might be wrong. And I see how some people might be like, well, that's my second amendment, right? And we can go on and on and we can debate that, but let's debate that offline. Like don't come in my, um, on my comment sections or threads or on my posts talking about nonsense. Let's be civilized adults. Let's be the body of Christ. Cause I don't know, whatever the worst part of your body is, let that be me because I want to be the healing or healthy part of the body of Christ. So how do we have a private conversation? So my expounding is literally, on the people that you disagree with, have a conversation with them and try to get their perspective. And if we, as believers, if we're truly going to say we want to be more like Jesus, then I think Jesus would call us to have conversations with people we don't fully align with. And I say that because Jesus did it countless times with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the people who he continued to heal and have conversations with along the way who he knew they were not living right. But he was just like, let's have a chat right whether it be the woman at the well whether it be um having just walks whether it be him calling Zacchaeus down from the tree like whether it be the people who's just like let me just touch the hem of his garment just like who who, like he know who did it but he just like let's have a conversation and I think that is what we as a society is missing where we kind of just stand ten toes down on what we believe and sometimes whether you believe it or not some of you are standing 10 toes down on things that are just flat out wrong. And they're wrong because they're not backed up by the Bible. So if it's not in the Bible, it will always become subjective between who believes what on what side or the other. But when it's stuff that just counters what the Bible says, there's no way I can align with that. And us going back and forth with us and us being divisive um, in comment sections on social media. I just don't think that that's the body of Christ or that's the way that God wants us to live. So for the people you disagree with, have a conversation with them. So that's what I'm expounding on. Think about just the different mass shootings. Think about those 156 people who are no longer here from over the weekend, those families that are mourning and grieving and trying to figure out how they are going to, I would assume, bury their loved ones. Um, And I also think of just the young artists and who flew into, I don't know where he's from, but he flew into Uvalde to meet with the parents of the kids who lost their loved ones. And you see him drawing or painting like these Superman caskets or these powder puff girls Mm. caskets for all of the children to say, what does your kid like? And I'll design it for them. Um, I wish I had some artistic abilities in that way. But for those of us who don't have artistic abilities, be in serious prayer for them. Um, just because I can't imagine, I don't have kids, but I can't imagine losing one of my nieces and nephews um, to something as senseless as gun violence. Or I couldn't imagine, a like, and I say a friend of mine, i not saying it should be different because the loss of a life is a loss of a life. But I can't imagine what even those parents are going through during this time of Mm -hmm. mourning and grieving and just so many kids who are second guessing, like maybe I should just do online schooling. And you got to think some families that can't be something that they can afford where, you know, mom and dad has to go to work and mom and dad can't leave kids home by themselves. And, you know, kids also need some form of, I guess you could say social interactions where social media or staying at home or connecting through zoom. Is not always the best way and just, you know, forcing them into isolation because of laws that we, limit to make in this country is just still mind boggling to me, where we as the United States have more mass shootings than all other or more school shootings than all countries combined. Like that makes no sense to me. Like you can't tell me that mental health is only an issue in the United States. Um, Mm. I think mental health is a worldwide and it's a public health issue everywhere, but we have to do what we can as the body of Christ, especially those who are believers. Now, some of our listeners who don't believe in Jesus, Please get to know him because just like those kids, you really never know when it's your time. And it sucks that we even have to think of it that way. But that's just the reality in the world that we we live in. So that's all I got to expound on.
0: Just also just how do you survive every day? Not even death. I'm just talking about living without the Lord. I'm like, I would be losing my mind. I'm like, I need the Lord every day and every hour. I need the Lord so Mm i don't know how those make it without him maybe some of the reasons why we got the situations that we got going on going on now eb so you're you i was as you were talking i'm like so does this mean i should not be unfriending the people i disagree with or should this does this mean i just don't need to argue with them
1: (laughs) i told you so i know some people are different and i'm like if y'all go look at my Facebook, like I told y'all before, there are no people. Well, first of all, my entire Facebook page is public. So that's why um, for those of you who continue to send friend requests, that's why I don't accept them. Not because I don't want to be your friend, but there's n- like, you can still comment. Um, I just won't see your stuff. And I'm sorry, I'm that friend. I just won't see your stuff because I won't add you as a friend. But those three, 400 requests that are just sitting there, they will continue to sit there. And part of the reason is because... I am not a celebrity, so I don't have an unlimited number of people I can get. So once I get to 5,000 people, Facebook caps me um and i don't know where i'm at right now but i think it might be three or four k something like i don't know what it is it might even be less than that but i just stopped adding people because some of the stuff that they post i just don't want those algorithms or those things on my timeline but if you want to see my stuff it is free and open to the public all of my pictures all of my status updates all of those things and part of the reason i did that my own personal opinion was because i remember having a conversation with an old friend um from high school and he saw i forgot where i was at but i was speaking somewhere and the video popped up and he was just like EB, you talk about God now. And then that convicted me as if I was living two different lives. But he still remembered me from like high school. And I'm like, that EB been going long, long time ago, bro. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're tripping. But then I also thought about it like where I, let, let me not hide who I am. Like this is who I am. There's no reason to have a private page. Now, I know some people, they block people, they unfriend people, they delete people. That's between you. I would say that's between you and the spirit. But I just don't think that Jesus is in the blocking or um, the blocking business or unfriending um, think, business or unfriending business. I think Jesus is in the blocking or unfriending business on judgment day. And I think he makes that <laughs> pretty clear. Yeah. And um, I know this night ruffles some feathers. And I will say this I'm saying this to two of my friends, one who, and, and Dr. Adley, who I see as a mentor, and Sharika as my friend. If God calls me home before you, please. Now, granted, I think I will be in his presence, but please don't put no promoted to glory flag on my casket. Cause I feel like we do that for every single person, but the God that I know in the Bible that I read, he says that He like people will come to him and he will say, depart from me. I never knew you where there will be some people who think I went to church. I did the things I led in church. I was a pastor, but like, we don't know. Like, so we can't just like, oh, they're promoted to glory. That might be a lie. Cause they might not be and like, I don't want to have that on anybody conscious. Like that's why even for, even for my mom, who I love the depth, I say, because of the song she was singing before she passed away and because of her relationship with God, I, I say, I'm pretty sure she's with him. But then my brother, my brother used to always tell us before he passed away, he was like, he knows God, but he don't believe in Jesus. So I can't say that he's there, even though some people say, nah, he's good. But he will tell you, like, I don't think Jesus is the one who came to save me. I know God. I know. And he'll say he knows something created all of this. Like he didn't come out of a monkey or whatever he would say. So I don't want that conscious on nobody else of where I'm at. So make sure that flag is not there. Don't put that on nothing that I do. Um, let, let let Jesus and God handle me in the book of life on Judgment Day. Don't let's not throw that out there. Because there's some people we don't say promoted the glory. And I know the way they treated people. And unless they got right before they death, I don't think they're dancing in his presence. (laughs) But that's between them and Jesus. So if you want to unfriend people, all that to say, if you want to unfriend people, consult with the Holy Spirit, pray for that discernment and that wisdom. But I would say, what is that solving? Is that beneficial or detrimental to your witness? Um, I feel like it's beneficial.
0: I feel like it's beneficial to my soul because I don't have to see the foolishness and I don't have to be angered in my spirit. I can be like, I would rather see them in person and be able to greet them with love than to harbor anger and frustration and then see them and want to treat them another way. So it makes me feel like it's it's for the best for all involved. Oh
1: Do you think they still need Jesus? Those people that you unfriend? Oh
0: yes, and they can find them don't from know. you, Adley. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: but they know you. So. They know you. They don't know. Her. I don't I I know who you're friends. You need to <laughs> evangelize to them. Go and preach the good news. No, but um, so as we wrap up, um, Sharika, Dr. Adley, what are you recommending for the people? Remember, that's a book, a song, an album, a TV show, Netflix, all these different things. Whatever. What is one thing or maybe two, whatever you got. What do you want to recommend to the people?
0: I actually got a Netflix uh, uh, recommend. Um, It's many episodes, but this one is the one I specifically am recommending. So on Netflix, there is my next guest. Who Needs No Introduction. And it's with David Letterman. And I want to recommend the Will Smith interview. It was so good. So I do want to recommend that interview to you. There's many other. They have a lot. The whole show is good. I've, I've watched a lot of them. I haven't seen all the interviews that he has done. But I did watch recently the one with Will Smith. And I thought it was very good. And so that is what I'm recommending
1: today. Dr. Adley, what you got for the people? I got a book. Well, first one,
2: the first one, just be consistent, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Overall, whether it's your home life, your whatever life, be consistent with it. If you fall, get right back up and start over. It's okay to fall and start over. But the book uh, that's been really impactful to me for a while now is by John Mark Comer. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, um, and it's forwarded by John Ort- Ortberg. And we live in a society where people really feel that uh, if I'm busy, it means I'm doing well. And that's, the, that's a lie from the enemy. Um, God is not asking us to be busy. He's asking us to be available. So if you're in, in a position where you, you find yourself doing too much, guess what? Burnout is a real thing. And when you burn out, you're not, you're not good to anyone. You're not good to yourself. You're not good to the kingdom. You're not good to your kinfolk. You're not good to nobody. So learn to practice a Sabbath. It's, it's biblical y'all. It's not, it's not a suggestion. Okay. It's (laughs) God, God, God rested. So if, if our maker can rest, our behind can rest too. So Uh this is a great book. John Mark Homer, the ruthless elimination of hurry. Read it. There we go. You just,
0: I want to, sorry, EB, I I'm going to say that uh, to Dr. Charles, uh, I just felt convicted by your word. Not en- convicted, I would say encouraged, because today I am restarting my health journey, and you said be committed. If you fall, get back up. Today, I'm getting back up again. So today, I restarted, might restart again, but guess what? I'm going to be consistent, and I'm not going to give up. So thank you for that That's encouragement. It. That's
1: it. Definitely, definitely be Be consistent. So I know this episode, we talked a little bit about everything from mass Shootings to our journey through discipleship, through music and arts, through our recommendations that you've just heard um, from, as she said, Will Smith. I haven't seen that episode yet, but my next guest with David Letterman is just amazing just because one of the things I appreciate about it, and it helps you, I guess it helps when it's the interviewee or interviewer. Um, He is just an amazing host who know how to ask the right questions. And his angle at a lot of things is helpful to in the best way. And and sometimes it's it's crazy, right? Because it's like getting into the mind of celebrities or people who we watch. And it's like, I don't know if I want that type of influence and or power, especially if I'm being honest, for some of us who don't even be trying to get into God's word. But that's a different story. So let's make sure we dive into that as well. But the one that I have is also a Netflix recommendation, and it is called Song Exploder. Right? Have you ever heard a song and you're like, what made you write that? So it's on Netflix where it has guests such as REM, Alicia Keys, Lynn Manuel, Miranda, Ty Dolla-Sign, and just a host of different episodes where the host, um, Herkish her way listens closely to songs while sitting across from the people who wrote and performed them as they talk about everything from their inspirations to the notes nuts and bolts creative decisions they made during the recording process now i'm gonna take it straight up i haven't seen it um but when i had seen it like on one of the little previews when you're on netflix i was like oh snap We got alicia keys on that and it got Manuel moran i'm like maybe I do want to hear some of what made them write some of the stuff that they um, have written and or performed. So especially for our musicians that's out there, that's just something to check out. And of course, I'm not telling you to watch the whole thing. You might want to watch a little bit of everything, but those artists that you really gravitate to, like what songs are they going to talk about? And you get that, I guess, that creative process behind some of the most talented people that we have in our world. And um, as we're getting ready for the summer, for those that are in our church as in the Salvation Army. It's summer camps everywhere. And I know some of y'all might already be too late to sign up for a music camp or arts camp, but that's a great thing for the young people who you know, whether that be grandkids, great grandkids, nieces, nephews, people in your community, connect them with a local Salvation Army and tell them that this is a great week, whether that's here in Florida or all the way out to California or all the way north as Maine, like you can go wherever, northwest as in Washington, but literally everywhere there's music and arts camps where those kids can learn and grow. And most importantly, they can be discipled throughout the summer and throughout the year, depending on the local Salvation Army unit in their area. So that's all we got for you. If there's nothing that you got from today's episode, the main thing is, is love God and love people. Be consistent in all that you do. Make sure the person that you are offline is the same online. As always, if life tries to knock you down, make sure you kick back. Until next time.